just got to jump into it, baby. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome. It's Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you're at your place for the unfiltered experience where we help you elevate your conscious mind, elevate your confidence, and be able to go proactively live your life. I'm Christopher Rausch, your No Excuses Coach, and as always, I'm joined by my beautiful partner, Scott Goyette. And I actually want to share something with you, Chris. I uh, have a Scott Goyette friend on Facebook. And he just challenged me to a game of horse based on a post I put up. And he wants us, the loser has to change their name. So what if <laughs> what if we do this and I lose and I have a brand new name? You're going to be like, he just challenged me. I said, sure, let's do it. Well, I'll just call you Groot. Groot? Should I just change <laughs> it? If I lose, should I just go to Groot Goyette? That's cool, actually. It is. Groot, Groot Goyette. That's okay. a fucking badass Maybe name. Maybe I'll just throw the game just for the game, the name change. I'm going to be Groot Goyette. Hey, go back and tell your friend. Groot Goyette. Yeah, and I'll grow my I, hair, and I'll actually spike it up. I'll go full group. Yeah, sounds sounds like a sounds like a a, 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 a WWF wrestler or something like that. Root Goryette, please come to the Roxing Ring. I want it. Yeah, want it. there you go. How you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. Doing good. Just uh, rebooting, 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 and um, a word that's been coming up a lot, and uh, I will throw it out there to our audience too. You know, I'm always looking for signs in the universe of people. The word patience and just trust faith but patience has been coming in there's a lot going on in the world right now so i want to send that reminder out to everybody i'm trying to be patient i'm doing my best there's a lot going on be patient good things are coming but damn mm -hmm. this universe hurry up and throws, wait thing. yeah dude this universe throws kidney punches when you're not looking it's like wait i was oh, waiting yeah. for the face shots and suddenly i'm getting these mm -hmm. i'm bleeding out of the kidneys so. Yep. I was talking to somebody today about that very same thing. And he's like, what, what's going on with you? And I said, I'm really learning the lesson that I need to be learning right now is which is I can't control everything and that I'm just surrendering and I'm free falling into whatever is going to be. I know whatever's going to happen. I'm going to be good with and everything else. I'm going to let go and just focus on what it is that I can oh, do yes. by impacting the lives, being with my family, taking care of my health, being a positive yeah. influence to the world, whatever happens besides that, I got it. I got it. And I got amazing friends and, and beautiful people in my life that helped me get through it. So, I mean, that's, that's really the key thing. I was on a, I was on a panel discussion earlier today and we were talking about new year's resolutions and stuff like that. And I talked about the fact that one of the most important aspects of having a, a great life is having quality people in your life that you can depend on. You can have open and honest conversations. They'll give you honest feedback, you know, looking at the five people you're around the most, which we talk about here a lot in the show, you know, that's so massively important and people hang around people that don't elevate them and push them to, to become their better selves. And that's, they wonder why they're in a shitty experience. So I'm yeah. I'm appreciative of you. I'm appreciative of the show. I'm appreciative of all these beautiful people. We got Glenda in the house. She says, hey, y'all. Okay. What's, What's up, Glenda? Up? Thank you for being here. We got Debbie in the house. What's up, Debbie? We had her recently on the show. She says, hey, Christopher and hey, Scott. Um, we got Mary Kay in the house. This is happy Friday, you amazing humans. You. I don't know. Who's human? I thought we were, I thought we were souls Gr having humans. Groot Goyette is not human. Groot Goyette. She says this. She goes, full oh, Groot. I love it. Right? Yes, like we got it. Lee Hyatt in the house. Speaking of quality people, we got Lee, Lee Hyatt. And he says, hey, uh, good evening, gentlemen. And then Mary Kay says, uh, so the word is damn. That's a good word too. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. yeah. Just, just, just keep going. Damn. Oh damn. My God. That's what I usually say in my head when I see a hot girl walk by and my wife standing next to me. I'm like, damn. No. She's um, saying the same thing, dude, though. I know. I know. Oh, we actually had that conversation one time. I, we, we actually do that. I'm like, that girl's cute. And she's like, I'll, I'll say, that's a good looking guy or something like that. Um, Robert's in the house. Says, good evening, Christopher and Scott, Glenda Lee, Dark Me, and Hi Me. There you go. 
you got to say hi to all your me's. We got Michelle Shalen in the house. Holy shit. She was on the show way back in the day. She says, Hey guys, awesome to see you. What's well, awesome to see you, Michelle. Thank you for, for being here. Got to get you back on the show and do a follow-up on, uh, yeah. on some of the stuff you guys are working on. But, um, Hey, you know, we're ready for an awesome conversation tonight. And without any further ado, I got the opportunity to meet uh, our guest tonight uh, through a LinkedIn pod that I was invited to be in through our mutual friend of Sally Anderson. And I've got to see some of her posts. You know, one of the things that we do is we go read each other's posts and help support one another and try to get the algorithm to see us get exposed a little bit more. And she is a relationship. She's a woman empower, woman's empowerment coach and relationship expert. And I'm just excited to have her on the show. She's fresh from Australia. It's Christina Davi. What's up, Christina? Thank you so much for being here tonight on the Unfiltered Experience. You. It is awesome. It is so awesome to to see you, and thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited, seriously, and your energy is so contagious. I'm like loving it and digging it. Thank like you. It. Thank you. That's what happens when I don't drink alcohol. I have way more energy than I usually have because usually on Friday nights we have a couple of drinks, you know, and sit here and have a great conversation with somebody. But I am abstaining from my my favorite drink of choice, Mr. Jack Daniels, for uh, three months this time. It's probably the longest <laughs> to go without alcohol. So probably in about a month or so, you're gonna see me talking so fast, you're not gonna be able to keep up. <laughs> you do talk fast, that's for sure. <laughs> I do. I know. Everybody tells me I got to slow down, but when I slow down, I feel like I'm talking backwards. Like, hi, everybody. This is the unfiltered experience, and we appreciate you being here with all of us tonight. I feel like I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. Did I pronounce your last name right? Was it Davi? Davy? Davy. It's Davy. Christina Davy. All the way from uh, what part of Australia are you in? I live in Sydney. I've been, Sydney. I have been here for 10 years. For 10 years? Where did you uh, where yeah. did you come from before you went to Sydney? I was born and raised in uh, Romania. I lived actually in states in Florida for three and a half years back in uh, 2006, 2009-ish. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And I loved it. But it was a short experience. And then uh, me and my ex-husband moved here in Australia to start a family. Where in oh. Romania are you from? Bucharest, the capital. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I've been to Bucharest. Have you been um down to like Sibiu and through like the Transylvania area and all that? It's a beautiful country. Yeah, Romania it's such a small country compared it is. to Australia. Like you you really it's easy to get, you know, places. Yeah. So um I actually did a tour of Romania at one point as well and visit all the you know tourist areas yeah, and yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I didn't realize how like how steep the mountains are. We were taking that old train from Bucharest down to Sibiu, and those those mountains are very very steep. Steep, and I know they have some skiing in the winter, but some of them are just straight up crazy. Romania's beauty really lays into like if you step outside the cities, because unfortunately the communists uh, destroyed a lot of the architecture. Yeah, you um, feel that you feel that in Bucharest. You feel that in a yeah. lot of Eastern Europe. Yeah, so it's 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 there's there's this contrast, right? There's the mm -hmm. communist, and then there's you know what's left of the beautiful architecture that we had. But if you step outside, you know, in the nature and yeah. you visit, I mean, we have so many rivers. You know, we have the um, Danube, you know, and we we have the sea, the mountains. Like it's just absolutely gorgeous, and people are so hospitable. Like they're so friendly, and they oh, love the. To foreigners yeah it's definitely and there's a lot of history we have yeah. a lot of history castles and you know fortress and all that sort of stuff so yeah wow definitely. you got me sold <laughs> it's fun and, and she she's nailing it because you go to some of the bigger cities in these places you think you've been to romania if you went to bucharest you've got to get outside and meet the people and that's the yeah. biggest part of all eastern europe you know you go to this city that was destroyed by communism it's not the same and then you suddenly go outside and you're like wow there's some really cool stuff here so 
Mm. And you just went, you just recently went to Croatia and Germany, right? What yeah, was our Croatia, response? Germany and Slovenia, Slovenia, and all, all beautiful places. It's yeah. Europe. It's just, I mean, I, I think every place has its own beauty, you know, and it's if true. you open see it and see it, you're going to yeah. see it. I travel, I used to work on cruise ships, so I traveled mm. the world. Literally, I think the only places I haven't really been is Asia. But, um, I mean, if you are open to embracing your culture and, yeah. and not judge and not expect, just really stay present with the place and the people, oh, my God, your life is going to just become so much better because you're just going to take it all in. And, and those experiences are staying with you forever. You know, like I got goosebumps just now, you know, yeah. thinking of everything and all the places I've been and all the thousands of people I've met, you know, um, in my lifetime. Do you, so find, being, do you find everywhere you go that people are more the same than they are different? You know, all the different cultures and everything else. Do you find that we're more the same than we are different? I think we all want the same things, but we are definitely different. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> the background, the background, you know, I mean, where, where you come from, right? It, it really, it, if you if you pay attention, people have a certain model of the world, right? Yeah. And this is one of the problems we have when it comes to our love life, because our model of the world, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it, it, it has certain beliefs, right? Things have to be a certain way. And then you meet someone like, especially here in Australia, we are so diverse. Like we have people from literally everywhere, like same in the United States, right? Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, people grow up with different rules, different things that make sense or they are common sense, right? <laughs> And then you add in that mix, you know, the fact that we are men and women <laughs> and, and that comes with another package of, you know, um, uh, reasons of why we have conflict in our mm -hmm. relationship, let me put it that way. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see how, you know, by traveling, I was able to reach a certain level of acceptance and understanding and taking people as they are. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me. Um, you know, because unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to see all of this, and I didn't have the awareness of, 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 of understanding that at some point. And and you you bring all of that in your relationship everywhere, not just your intimate relationship, but if you if you if you bring judgment and expectations, you know, that's when you <laughs> get disappointed, and frustrated. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to, I want to kick it off. We actually, I was just going to say, we were talking about all sorts of different places. Uh, I got a long time friend here, Dennis Nermella. He is uh, in China. Thank you for joining us, Je uh, Dennis. We got a Anya in the house. Anya, appreciate you being here. Um, so let's just jump right into it. I mean, I've been following you for a little while and seeing your, your, seeing your comments. What inspired you to become a women's relationship uh, and empowerment coach? I mean, was there something in your life that happened that says, okay, I got to start standing up for women and standing up for relationships? I'm imagining so, but I'd like to hear it from you and share it with our audience. I always wanted to help people. I feel like I was literally born with this desire and maybe it's something that I learned from my mom. My mom was there for everybody. We have a really large, extensive family and she's always showing up in one way or another, helping people. But then when I was 17, I wanted to become a psychologist and unfortunately I fell three times going to uni. <laughs> And I uh, adopted the limiting belief of thinking I'm not smart enough. And with that, quit my dream, went on a whole <laughs> lot of another journey, only the journey only for 20 years later because of my divorce and my own experience to land, you know, 
uh, into into what I'm doing now. So what happened? I was with a person, you know, my ex-husband for 15 years. Thought that we're gonna live and die together. Um, I thought you only get married once, you know. Uh, I couldn't really understand. I couldn't really understand why people get divorced <laughs> at, that, at that stage. And then, unfortunately, I had to, you know. Uh, call it quits at some point and seven months later I decided to go dating because I'm like well I'm not going to be single forever you know my ex-husband has moved on and I'm like I want to move on I want to you know feel love again and passion so I went online dating for the first time and oh my god like I was like what do I do where do I start what what do I do first how do you talk to a man you know I felt like I was cheating at the beginning it was really weird so um, I actually end up in a in a what I thought initially was very passionate relationship turning you know very toxic, and after two and a half um, uh, on and off uh, being with this person, um, it ended in a domestic violence situation, and that was literally so much pain for me that I said enough it's enough I have to change and if I really want this relationship that I dream of you know I have to learn how to have it. So initially I started because I wanted to learn how to be able to have a healthy, passionate relationship. And then in the process, I realized, oh, my God, like this is me. This is my passion. This is my purpose. So I start um, supporting women heal from past relationships because that was my journey up until now, uh, up until then. And then um, as I was doing that, I realized most of them were becoming empowered they were finding their identity after they break up, but then they didn't know how to date. They absolutely had no idea how to connect with them and how to talk in a way, you know, that was bringing them closer. You know, they're going on one date after another thinking, oh, this man is not good enough. This man is not good enough. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. There's a pattern here. Let's just see what's happening. And yeah. this is when I decided I'm going to, develop a program you know where i can help women uh learn how to date as well and here i am <laughs> so, so christina i got a question for you um because i hope you do i hope you do <laughs> <laughs> um so i i look around the world right now and i think a lot of us would be horrified if we ever broke up in our relationship and had to step back in this world because it's very different than most of us grew up with we you know we oh, met yeah. people we communicated face to face and now there's so much that's internet based and all that. One of the things that I see happening, you just almost referenced it. You started to reference it is people quickly learn what they don't want mm -hmm. and they walk into a relationship with what they don't want. And once they find it, they assume the rest of what's there is what they don't want. And this is like the iceberg. Like we see an iceberg, we say it's ice. And then you see this massive amount underneath, which is the real body of the iceberg. How? Once we have, whether they're triggers or assumptions of what this is bad, when we see that or we see this as similar to past relationship, how do we move past that so we can see what's really underneath it all? Because I think we all do that. And I bet I would do that myself and go, just like the other one, this is how they all behave. And we start generalizing, creating yeah. isms. Yeah. Instead of really leaning into learning more about the individual. So how do we all get past that? It's a great one. Navigating, yeah, and great, great question. I, I love it, Scott. It's so true. Um, so I always encourage my clients to seek to understand the other person. Most of the time in conflict, we want to be understood, right? <laughs> That's the first thing. I, I want to be understood. I want to I want the other person to agree with me. 
and and do things my way but you know we are if we go from the idea that we are all different right and um we can get triggered because we attach meaning to what the other person does or says right most of the time if you try to seek the other person meaning or why they did what they did or why they are saying what they're saying because we have different priorities in life right we have different um things that we like and different things that we we dislike and in most cases i in my it's my experience my perspective that people actually don't they don't know uh, many people don't know themselves well enough yeah. to know how to communicate what they need so in a relationship um if i just tell you uh you know you never take the garbage out <laughs> that doesn't really give me it's just you're just telling me what i'm just telling you what to do right like you're not taking the garbage out but if i'm telling you sometimes you know well and I'm just picking one simple example, right? It could yeah. be anything. It's something more significant than just taking the garbage out. But, you know, why is it important to me that you take the garbage out? You know, how supported I feel and how loved? Because my love language is acts of service. And when you take the garbage out, I feel love and I really feel like you care. I feel like you are involved and you are committed to this for us to do things together. So it's a very different perspective than just, well, listen, you're not taking the garbage out. So now... Because I understand why it's important for me for you to take the garbage out, I can communicate that to you and you can have a different kind of view of why I want you to do that. Is this making sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, and, and talk about the love languages. Like everything you're saying is so on point. Yep. So, so if we know ourselves, you know, well enough to communicate and in my one-on-one -on -one coaching, right, I go through the values process and, and when we understand like, well, um, people say, well, family is important to me as a value in general in life, right? Well, why is family important to you? How do you feel, right? How do you feel when you are surrendered by family? And, and they, then they say, well, I feel love. I feel, you know, uh, safe. So those are actually their values, right? So family is just a vehicle to experience something. Now, in a relationship with a partner, the reason why, why, we we want a partner is because we want to experience certain emotions right so like love like passion like commitment so what's important to you about that how do you feel love if the other person is not aware of how do you feel love because i feel love if you do things for me and if we touch all the time so me and my partner we are touching all the time kissing and hugging and and you know we're hands-on each other in a you know not obsessive way but you know, <laughs> so you say, not a visual so you public, say public display of affection huh? <laughs> how many times have you been arrested for indecent exposure come on tell me <laughs> you, know, you, you know what's funny christina your your love language is the same as my wife my wife likes acts of service and touch so i have to be super super aware of stopping to have oxytocin producing hugs because a quick hug doesn't suffice I will do the dishes and maybe she doesn't notice, but she sure as hell notices if I didn't. So <laughs> you've, you've got to be, and I'm teasing her because she's actually amazing. Like, but my point is we, we've got to be very proactive in understanding the love languages. And once we do that, we're filling the cup of others while we're filling our own. It's so hard not to do that or to do that. It's so hard to do that. And we make mistakes like allowed you know, the other person and yourself, give yourself permission to make mistakes and move yeah. past 
mistake. People are all, you know, now because more men and women are getting empowered, right? And we are focusing on personal development. People talk a lot about boundaries, right? Well, you know, I have to reinforce my boundaries. Yes, absolutely. But how do you communicate your boundaries matters as well. And, and understanding where somebody does something that's not according to your values or is not according to what you believe it's important or whatever. Um, well, you first have to communicate, right? You have to, to, to say to that person, well, this is actually important to me or this is a standard. Right. So, um, you know, I could in some situation, I could change my standard if I think it's not no longer serving me. Um, but in some instances, I just need to communicate to you. So you are aware of it, that this is actually super important to me because people, the other person is not aware. They don't know if you haven't really. We have to go to certain experiences to understand each other boundaries. Yes. What's important to us and what's not important to us. So. Sometimes, because we haven't experienced certain things, we actually don't even know for ourselves. It's an experience, and especially a negative experience, it's prompting us to think about something that we haven't before and take a decision about how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. So if, if your partner makes a mistake, it's totally okay to say, well, you know what? We are learning through this process. Yeah. I'm learning more about myself and you through this process. And thank you so much for being patient with me while I'm navigating this. Right? That's that's a very different approach than, you know, <clears throat> like throwing mud at each other and right. healing reacting. And, and reacting. And sometimes we react. We are human beings. You know, let's just accept the fact that we sometimes going to react because the emotion takes the moment you attach the meaning and Scott and Christopher, you know this, right? The moment you attach meaning to something, you're going to feel an emotion. Amen. It takes mm -hmm. one second. <laughs> and for those step back and take a breath. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So once you feel the emotion, you are in the effect of the emotion. So your communication style, it's a lot, uh, it's affected by it. And it's okay to acknowledge that and say, hey, I'm feeling triggered right now, you know, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm feeling emotion. Just give me a moment or like, what do you really mean? Right. So ask for clarity, seek to understand, and then take some time to process that emotion as well. Cause you created that emotion, right? Not true. the other person. Yeah. True. Based on all your previous experiences. Um, so I've got a two part question for you and I think it kind of coalesced with what Mary Kay is asking here right now. So when I was sitting there hearing you talk about, you know, relationships and, and establishing boundaries and values and stuff like that, I haven't been on the dating scene for quite a number of years, but I hear from my female friends, you know, this differing of opinion. Like I have some of my female friends are like, they'll talk about that stuff on the first date. They're like, if I'm going to be dating this person any longer than first date, I want to talk about what their morals, their values, their ethics are. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of find out where they're coming from. And then I've also heard like sometimes, okay, I'm going to see like maybe by the fifth date, if it's going to go somewhere, start having those conversations do you have like a a, a, a a suggestion for when you know people should start having those conversations early on in the dating process should they give it a little bit of time what are your thoughts on that because mary Kay is also asking here um where do you start on a first date we don't know each other at all at this point so i think it kind of coalesces awesome with people question people. i want to hear that answer too yeah i love i love the question too so um the first thing that well the first thing that we need to understand is dating is actually getting to know someone okay so it's not at that point you're not deciding this is this the one right yeah. you just 
open to get this person. So stay curious, I will say, and allow one or two dates minimum, you know, um, until you kind of figure out if you want to spend more time with this person. So on the first date, you should really focus on staying in your um, in your core energy, right? So for women, usually that would be a feminine energy and for men, masculine. So now having being in our core energy allows us to connect with the right people and create that polarity. So the first thing that I'll advise anyone is to stay open to get to know the person and connect. So keep the conversation light. Don't go into what happened to you in the last 10 years. You know, there's absolutely no need to uh, discuss about all the wrong things in your life. <laughs> yeah. Keep it light. Do an activity. Obviously, the first, uh, I never I never advise anyone to go on a dinner date on the first, you know, uh, on the first date, especially if you are, let's just say you met someone online, online, right? And this is part of the dating strategy that, I give to everyone. The first thing that you want to do is, you know, connect with that person via video call. See if there is enough chemistry, enough, you know, substance in there. Not substance, but like, is it enough connection? Is it someone that I could see myself spending an hour on a date, right? right. And then you go on the face-to-face date. Let's just say everything, you know, it's going okay on the video call. Keep it short, you know, maybe twenty minutes, roughly. You know, frame it as a short call. Um, this is just for you to kind of get an idea. Okay, I actually, I, I can see myself with this person on a date. I can see myself spending more time and I want to know more. Then you go on the first date and then you interact. Then you, if, it's best if you actually do something, even if you go for a walk, if you, you know, uh, do some sort of an activity. Um, but if you, if you don't have enough and if you don't feel safe to do that, you can just simply go for, you know, the usual coffee, right? And again, pre-framing that a short date. At this point, you're just connecting. You want to make sure you, you are open to share. Yeah. You are in a good mood. So make sure that before you go on a date, you actually change your emotional state. Like you crunch mm-hmm. the music in the car. You know, I always dance before I go on a date. You know, oh I sing. So when I show up on a date, this is what I did just before I started this show. I put myself in a great state because I I share with Christopher, I've been sick, I'm having a flu or whatever what it is. So, you know, before I jump in here, I change my emotional state so I can show up here, not like that, (laughs) waiting for you to create the energy, which is most people go on a date and they're waiting for the other person to do all the things, right? So I hear a lot of women, because I work primarily with women, um, I hear a lot of them saying like, oh, he was just boring. And I'm like, well, why do you to create that energy that you wanted, right? I keep looking at the phone because I can't see you. On- <laughs> oh. <laughs> to call, I, I want to connect with you, so I keep my eyes keep going. Oh, on that is so weird. That is so weird. But I, I love that. Thank you for for answering that. And the other question I have for you is, you know, the fact that over the last couple of years, I've been talking to a lot of people, and something came to me to ask people, "Do you love yourself? Yes or no?" And I found that a large majority of people, about seventy five percent of the people that I was talking to with, had a difficult challenge with loving themselves. So I could see how that could be a problem because they're looking; they don't have the love within themselves, so they're looking for that external love to kind of fulfill themselves. What advice do you have for people, you know, men and women who are in that state where they're not necessarily loving themselves, but they're wanting to go out there and be in a relationship? Is that something they should do or should they take a step back and work on themselves first? Well, I think 
most people don't have clarity about what self-love means. Oh. <laughs> that's that's the problem. You know, it, it, we talk about self-love, but what is self-love? Oh, I got to love myself more. Or what that doesn't mean, right? So for me personally, uh, loving myself means I create time, you know, for what's important to me. So if I, you know, at one point I was putting so much into my business because many of my needs were getting met, but then I realized that actually I neglected a lot of my face-to-face -face connections, right? Because um, I just, you know, I was just growing my business and, and putting into my business. So then I realized, well, hold on a second. My relationship with my son is important. My relationship with, you know, with my friends is important as well. And I have to create, if I love myself, I have to create time for that as well. Right. Um, so self-love means you treat yourself like someone you love. Right. And so how do you treat others that you love? What do you do? You do things for them. You take yeah. care of them. Right? Nice so things. <laughs> nice things. That's right. And this is oh, you that's I love that. Where do I even begin? How can you love yourself? <laughs> how can you love yourself if you keep bashing yourself up every day for all the mistakes that you're making or for not showing up in a way that you um, you know, you are expecting yourself, especially for high achievers, right? Because I work with a lot of high achievers. So we have, like, as a high achiever, you have really high standards, which are great because they're motivating you to achieve more. But the downside, because everything has duality, the downside to that is you might neglect other things that are important to you, right? So loving yourself means I'm creating the time, right? And I'm doing you know, what's important to me, which could be taking care of the garden because I ground and connect, which could be I take some time off for myself. I talk to myself with a loving voice. I wake up in the morning and I say, today is going to be a great day. And when I'm making a mistake or I didn't show up 100% the way I wanted, you know, I still have something nice to say about myself right i'm supporting myself so that inner voice right if you even if you do things for yourself like go to the gym or eat healthy or um i don't know uh go on a holiday right or meet with people but if you're beating yourself up every day that's not love because if no. you do that to someone else that you love they're not going to feel loved they're going to feel judged so definitely yeah change you know like loving yourself when when you become aware of what's important to you and may create a time and you do it as well you are happier which allows you to actually connect with someone else you know a lot easier because you're not in your head you are there staying present connecting with the other person sharing all the great things about yourself and then who can resist you if you're going to do that i got it quick question so so you um, mentioned high achievers. You work with a lot of high achievers and, you know, some of the clients that I'll work with will be high achievers and some good friends too, who unintentionally ask for advice or sometimes don't, I just give it to them anyway. Um, but one of the things that I've seen with high achievers and tell me if you've got a percentage of your high achievers who fall into this, high achievers oftentimes seem to be perfectionists who wear a mask of perfectionism and the only reason they're wearing that, it's not a strength at all. They're not high achievers. They're trying to prove something to somebody else. 
do you ever work, you know, kind of behind the scenes and say, hey, you know, why? Because I heard you ask it earlier, you said, why, why, why? You were trying to get to the depth of it's not the family, it's the support or the love or whatever. Do you ever do that with your high achievers? And for people who are listening, who are going, oh, yeah, I'm a high achiever. What do I do? I personally want to know what, why do you believe you're a high achiever and what's underneath that? How do you work through that? Because that can be an issue, too. Mm-hmm. Is that a strength? Is that something innate to who they are? Or is that a defense mechanism they're wearing just so they can say, I have to be successful because mommy and daddy said you suck or the gym <laughs> teacher said you're fat or their teacher said you're stupid? Why are they the high achiever? So one of the things that I work with high achievers is, and I try to focus uh, them to do is to learn how to be vulnerable. Oh, I love that. That's that's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest problem that high achieving people will have is because they are portraying, right? They are building this image. And most of us have the tendency to do that. They want to, or another one we want to impress in a certain circumstances or environment, right? And especially on a date, right? So um, so learning to be vulnerable and, and how you communicate vulnerability as well, you know, it's important. Because um, I can be vulnerable with you and tell you, oh, you know, I'm going through this thing right now and I don't really know what to do. But if I say, if I turn into the victim of it, right, that's not really... Uh, he's not going to help you to connect. You're going to connect with the other person to trauma. It's going to be trauma bonding, right? Yeah. Um, but you want to talk about, you know, whatever what you're going through, through like, well, um, from an empowered self, right? So you want to say, well, I'm going through this thing right now. I don't really know how I'm going to solve it, but I know I will. I'll find a way, right? And and uh, thank you so much for holding space for me. Is it okay to sometimes you can just ask for someone to hold space for you. And it took yeah, me forever absolutely. to learn that, right? Not to offer you solutions. I just want to share something with you. Um, you know, I don't What does that help. look like? Can you, can you role play that real quick? Because like mm-hmm. what you just said, I think is massively powerful. And I think every guy goes, what? <laughs> so I'll be the guy. We're sitting at a date right now. Walk me through this. Like, okay, like how do we, how do you hold space for me? Like I, I want, I want people to see this played out because I don't right. think people truly know what that means a lot of mm-hmm. times. So are you going to be vulnerable with me or am I going to be sure. vulnerable? Sure, I'll be the vulnerable guy. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm so tired of my company. I'm just, my, my employees suck. I'm not really bitching. I'm not being a victim here, but damn it, I don't even know what action to take. Like, I don't I don't mean to be a bitch. Like, I don't know. Like, sorry, I, I, I don't mean to ruin our dinner. No, and you actually not. I actually really appreciate you being vulnerable. It, it means a lot to me that you feel comfortable and you trust me to share your story. So thank you. I appreciate that. I just, um, yeah, I don't want to ruin our dinner. I just feel kind of awkward with the whole thing. But um, but thank you. Um, so that's what that's what I want people to see, like just yeah. see that play out right there, because that, oh, that right there is awkward as hell for a lot of people to receive or give. Mm-hmm. How do we get past that? How do we get to that place where we can say that? And that doesn't feel weird and strange. A next uh, question that I will ask if I'm curious to know more and if I want to go, it depends like, you know, how far you are in a dating process at this stage as well. Right. Um, but if I want to go to that direction, I'll just ask, you know, well, what do you want to do about that? Right. So what yes. do you want to do about that? Because that would focus the person towards the solution rather than the victim this is what happened to me right 
uh, we tend to ask for more details in a situation like that, which takes that person, bring up those images in their heads, and actually the conversation goes really down. And that's, that's, that's when you connect over the trauma or the problems rather than, you know, like what's great about you. Because you're not just your problems, you are a combination of everything, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep the vibe up, not pretending, but, you know, creating it to keep the vibe up because that's how you're going to connect with someone. And um, if you feel the vibe is done, you can even address it and just say like, Ooh, I feel like we kind of, you know, a bit down. Let's just You're a downer, dude. Get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. and that is awareness about like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's just do that. Maybe we got to move out. Let's just take a few steps. Let's just go for a walk. Right. Cause moving our bodies, changing different bringing different hormones, creating different hormones in our body, right? So sure. I really enjoy this conversation. This is awesome, guys. Get some get some flow going. We got Jock in the house. He's asking, he goes, what about if the person holds space is triggered by what is said negatively? How do you deal with that? Great question, Jock. Well, acknowledge. If you feel triggered, it's, it's the best thing to do is to acknowledge and communicate that to that person. Oh, I actually feel a bit triggered right now. Um, you know, I understand that maybe, you know, how I look at it is what's causing me to feel triggered because I had this past experience and I'm, it kind of took me there. But what do you really mean? So what can you tell me a bit more? So yeah. did you see how I seek to understand? I'm asking for clarity, but I'm acknowledging how I feel. So the other person is aware because if they're not aware that you're triggered and you just bottle it up and yeah. you're like, just keep it in there and you pretend on the outside and you just smile fakely, right? But you're building this thing inside and they keep going. They're not aware. They keep going. <laughs> like, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you're just like, you're rude or you are like whatever, right? I had a client once that told me she gave a meaning to what the guy said. She stood up and left because she was in an abusive relationship before and she felt so triggered she didn't waste 10 seconds more with the guy. She stood up and she left. You wow. know, and I'm like, the trigger is yours. Mm -hmm. You yeah. gotta own it. You created that trigger. It you created the trigger through the meaning, you know, it took you back to something that happened to you, but that has no relevance to what's going. It might not have any relevance to what is happening right now. So, you know, if you're not present. If you're not aware, if you don't have the aware to acknowledge what you're feeling. So, okay, I'm feeling triggered. What emotion am I feeling? Is right. it anger? Is it fear? Am I feeling sad and I'm feeling disappointed? Disappointment? You know, what is it? And why am I feeling that way? Right? So sometimes you gotta uh, and excuse yourself if you feel like you really can't handle it you know excuse yourself go to the toilet or whatever come back you know two minutes later you know again the the changing the focus and moving your body will support you in overcoming that moment when you feel triggered mm, i love this, that this and is some great conversation because like I mean, again this shouldn't be first date stuff hopefully mm -hmm. like you said keep it light maybe this is third fourth where you're having a real conversation but but honestly, everyone has triggers. Everyone, you know, Jock's question is perfect. There's going to be something that's said that you don't realize that you said something to piss somebody off, especially in today's world. And most people <laughs> sit and go, uh-huh, 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 uh -huh, shit. How much longer did the food come? <laughs> what, what you just did, 
is beautiful. Like I, if we could all just have the bravado to speak up and say that triggered me, yeah. here's how I'm feeling. I don't mean to make this awkward, but here's why. You sure. have two things that could happen. You could lean into this person and say, holy crap, they're a compassionate person who I can be with in some capacity or grow with, or this isn't working. Both are great things to find out on that spot. So tell us more about that, because this is this is good stuff. Um, thank you. And I, I understand that some people might take longer, right? So some people like, you know, obviously I train my mind to overcome triggers a lot because I get triggered like everyone else, right? Yeah. So, um, but sometimes you can get over it in like a minute and sometimes you got to chew on that bone for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so some people can take a whole week and for a man, especially, right? Men need to go in their cave to chew. To chew on that bone right they don't want to do it publicly <laughs> or in front of their partner so allow the time and and if you need more time ask for more time just say hey you know i i just need to process this you know so i just need some time if, if, if you don't mind you know um and allow that that time so sometimes it's a day sometimes it could be six days you know um but if you are in a relationship at this point make sure you reassure your partner that it's okay. You just got to work through some stuff. So you still have to, don't shut down, don't stonewall, right? Uh, completely. Like if you live in the same house, if you are part of a family, right? You still got to show up somehow. So you might be a bit more withdrawn and you can acknowledge that. I feel like I need to spend some more time with myself at the moment. Okay. Just, just give me some time, please. You know, I, I love you. You know, you mean a lot to me, but I just need to work through this right now, right? And and you're reassuring the other person that's what it is. Um, it was only this morning that um, a client of mine in my group program, Love Map, um, she, um, she did something, uh, I'm trying to remember the details because it happened a bit a while ago. She Something happened anyway. The guy felt triggered. She felt triggered as well. So different experiences and then he shut down completely so he didn't write a message he didn't say anything so now she's sitting here and she's like asking me well what do i do she said you know i don't know should i continue to communicate with him should i just consider this is done and i said well just give him some space you know and three days later she's like well i haven't heard from him i don't know what to do right she ended up writing a message saying hey you know about something else this is, um, you know, I did this, you know, I hope you are okay. There was nothing. And at this point, she was quite disappointed because this person was someone she really liked. And they only met about four times before, right? And she said, like, I don't know what to do from here. And I said, well, just you take care of your needs. What do you need right now? Do you need to connect? Do you need to feel loved? Do you need to feel significant? Go and create that for yourself. When he's ready to come out, he'll come out, right? And eventually he wrote the message to her and said exactly this. I just need some time. I'm going through some stuff. You know, I need some time to process this and then I'll get back to you. Yeah, just, I mean, just be honest. I mean, that's one of the biggest things in relationships is being honest with yourself first and then being honest with the other person because you're sitting there lying to yourself or trying to hold something back and you still want the relationship to work. That stuff's going to come up some there, somewhere, some way, somehow down the road. And it's going to be probably 10 times worse than it would have been if you just were honest in the beginning. Uh, Jock had a follow-up question to what we were talking about. He says, um, says, okay, let's take the, let's take the role play to a deeper level. Scott, you are grieving the loss of a wife and it's your first date since. How would that play out when you are deep in grief? 
And then we have another question from Ron we'll get to in a moment, but what do you guys think about that one? Uh, sorry, I was trying to share the uh, live. Can you ask me again? What was the question? Sure. So he says, okay, so let's take the role play to a deeper level. Scott, you are grieving the loss of your wife and it's your first date since. How would that play out when you were deep in grief? Well, I think you should solve the grief first. I think you should go to... It really depends how long it has been as well. But I think, you know, you need to kind of heal that part before you're putting yourself out there again uh that that would be my first recommendation right um because if you if you're grieving you're most likely not not really available to build a life with someone else um or you could uh you know you could be honest and say hey at this point you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'll need to ask um, a bit more, probably a few more questions before, because I need to understand, you know, it, you know, there's certain levels, there are very different levels of grieving, right? Sure. So it could be a lot of grieving. It could be just the fact that I'm thinking from time to time. But I think that if you're still grieving, create that connection and love through relationships like friends, you know, uh, experiences in your life that will help you move on um, before you actually start dating. Because I think, yeah. um, I think if you are still living in the, when we grieve, we are still kind of going, visiting the past, you know, and we're not fully present to what's happening here. Um, and please excuse me if this is not your experience, experience uh, you know, again, I don't really know you, um, you know, I need to know more about the situation like that. But I think that when we grieve, we first need to take care of that and then yeah. there to date. Otherwise, you're going to, you are going to attract at the vibration that you are at, which is the grieving. So you're going to connect with someone else through loss. Yeah, you know, so yeah. they will try that. They will. It's just not. It's not going to be a healthy relationship down the track. Can I? Can I add to that and share? And because this is something that's close to my heart. Two times recently, um, a good friend of mine passed through a horrible circumstance, and my father-in-law passed. And both my mother-in-law and my friend's ex-wife both started dating within a year. And so, the time of the idea of grief. And I just want to talk about that and Jacques can input and, you know, you can input. What I've noticed is, and I'm sure Jacques is going to agree with this, grief is something that as you big up, build up your strength and you build up you, the grief doesn't shrink. The grief is still here. You just get bigger and stronger. So there's no perfect time to do it from what I've watched twice anecdotally. But what I did notice is, and we've said the words multiple times, honesty, coming in and saying, I'm still not fully over yet, over this yet, but I'd like a companion. And so I think this might be across the board with anybody who's suffering from something. If you want to enter the dating arena, I would, and tell me if you agree with this, Christina, I think honesty and here's where I'm at and here's what I might want to get out of this after the first two kind of fun, get to know each other to reconnect dates is everything. Because both of these relationships are working out great because I saw a shitload of honesty in the beginning. And it was honesty that was like, we're all going to work in both situations. And, and, and both of these situations are working according to plan because they're two people who want to share this world. 
and they're not in perfect existences and they come together with deep honesty. So wow. what could that look like? And that's, again, I, I would have disagreed with this four years ago. I would have been like, yeah, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> I love being wrong. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I love it, Scott, because in, and it was actually, I was going to go down path down that way as well, because it, it's the same kind of advice that I tell someone after the breakup, okay, take some time off, but don't take too long, you know, put yourself out there and start dating because that's part of moving on. Um, so I guess with the grief, you really, that's why I was, uh, you know, being careful how I'm going to put it because, you know, sure. it depends on what level where we are exactly. Well, you so said seven months, happen. right? Because you were grieving a relationship, 15 years, seven months, yeah. is that correct? So seven exactly. months and awkward as hell. I feel like I'm cheating. I heard the same kind of stuff. Talk through your grief because you're dealing with, wait a minute, am I the same person? Am I a new person? Who the hell am I? What? Talk about your experience because yours matters. Like, what did, what were you doing in that moment? That's right. And I love the way you said it. Just be honest. You know, this is where I'm at. And there will be people that they are going through their own stuff and they will be totally okay with that. You know, and there are people that they're going to be like, no, thank you. That's not for me. And I actually have um, uh, two of my clients, my former clients, they actually met someone um, that lost their wife. And, um, you know, they actually end up being okay. So one, one went, they went in a relationship for about four months and then um, uh, the guy was just not available to invest more and she, she wanted more. So they just, you know, uh, split, but the other one, actually, she's still dating that person right now and is going well. So it really depends of where you are with the experience as well and you know what the other person is looking for as well mm -hmm. yeah you got to have that all out in front um ron has a question he says what if the person who is who is really triggered won't acknowledge that they have anger issues Ooh, that never happens does it <laughs> i'm not angry what do you mean i'm Chris? not angry yeah come on now you're making me angry by telling me i'm angry <laughs> what are your thoughts on that well um i mean Red what flag to me. I'd be red flag. I gotta leave. <laughs> Did you hear that? Somebody was calling my name later. Christopher the, Roush, five. Christopher five. What do you do? What do you do after the other person? Like after you discover, you know, where that other person is emotionally. What's their um, home emotional, right? Uh, sort of uh, state. Um, then it's up to you what you want to do like you can stay longer or you can move on i think the best thing if you if you discover something like you know the person has some anger issues it's best to let them you know go and solve that if that's not what you want then <laughs> you know you go and do your thing and you know let them uh let them do their thing the only reason why you'll stay with a person that has anger issues and continue to date them it's it's and this is my my opinion um if you are in scarcity mindset i can't find someone you know better than this so sometimes we date someone we meet someone and they take some of our you know points right things that we really want so some of the musts you know like because right. i in order to in order to know if this is the right person for you you have to kind of understand what are your must what are your shoots and what are your non-negotiables for me a person that's still in that um you know primarily in an anger state is not a person that i like to date because they obviously need to do some healing right yeah. 
and it's totally okay with wet. There's no judgment here. It's just not what I'm looking for because what my my first value in my intimate relationship is harmony. <laughs> I can't create a harmonious relationship with someone that lives primarily in in an anger state, right? Uh, or feels triggered all the time. So they obviously need to you know deal with that and and you know. They can take the time, whatever, how long it takes for them to do that, you know, but I'm going to go and, um, you know, continue to expose myself to meet someone that has as values, you know, a harmony, a harmony, for example. Amen. You know, Don't settle. Yeah, that's it. The only reason why you'll stay, and, and most people, and I've done this as well, you know, we overstay in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. We overstay because we have a a scarcity mindset uh, you might not have it in your business or parenting or career or whatever but you might have it in your love life i can't meet someone that i can connect this way i can feel this way and i had that in my toxic relationship that's why i went back and forth so many times i thought i can't meet someone else to feel that intensity that i felt that passion that I felt with that person at the time, which created a lot of problems because we are actually not right for each other. Our values were not aligned. Mm -hmm. uh, but I kept telling myself I love him and I can't move on. So I placed a limiting one. I placed a limiting belief about myself. I love him. I can't, you know, live without him. And second, you know, I was in scarcity mindset. I don't think I can. Oh, he's my twin flame, I used to say. I don't think I can. Um, you know, this just this person because when you say it's twin flame, this is it. You know, I don't want to quit on that. I'm just going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. But it, we couldn't because none of us actually had healed some massive wounds. So we couldn't actually have the relationship that we wanted because we are not, we had to become like we, every single one of us has to become the person that can experience that relationship. True. Right? Most of the time we are not ready. The reason why we don't have it is because we are not ready. We don't have the skills, the awareness, um, you know, require the knowledge required to have that relationship. I like that. Can I ask one, one more question? And, and it's, it's referencing that. What if your person that you're with or that you're seeking is literally the reference point of everybody you've ever dated. So your, your, your brother was an angry person. Your dad was an angry person. And so you're sitting here and you meet the person who reminds you of what you thought what good man was because they were angry, but they took care of mom and they were angry, but they would defend you to the fullest. I see a lot of people who get suckered into a relationship because that's their norm. I mean, again, I know it's a thing that you've got to deal with your own stuff, but what do you tell that person up front? Cause you must come in, into people who say, he loves me, but that's how my dad was. And I know deep down, my dad was a great human being and he's just yeah. like my dad. So I want to stay with him. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I know the end, the end answer of all this is we all have to do our inner work. We preach this. Everybody who's listening to this right now probably preaches and is doing the inner work. How do we get people to simultaneously do the inner work while in a relationship and recognize the reality of situations? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot going on here at once. So the question is like, how do you make it still work if you discover that your partner is the same? Like, do, do you make it still work because they're in a space where you say this is what the typical man is? And secondly, if they're in that space, how do you get someone to start doing the work? Because 
a lot of people say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a good person. They walk away. Is there anything that you can do to get them to do the work to realize what's going on in front of them? So I think sometimes people have to go through, a, you know, a big amount, a big amount of pain in order for them to take the decision. To no. Never, never. never. <laughs> so, and sometimes a break up, okay, it's a it's a it's a thing it could be enough pain okay so um we gotta we gotta get over you know and i hope i'm not gonna rough some feathers but if i do well you know go for it we like to feathers ruffled let's ruffle triggered you know we'll, we'll, we'll give them a comb we'll give them a comb they can come trigger us them. ruffle us let's do this <laughs> pay attention to why uh, why um, but what I'm trying to say, like, I don't think that we should stay in a relationship if it doesn't fulfill us. If we don't feel like, you know, right? You, you know, know. you you trust your gut, your instinct, your whisper. You you know, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta let it go. You know, we we're not living now in a in a you know in times where people thrown upon divorce. In some environments, is still you know, unfortunately, but. Like it's okay to let go of what doesn't serve you. Yeah. If there is no value in that relationship, if you don't feel like you're growing, if you don't feel like you can be, you can create what you want, you know, it's totally okay to leave. Like obviously try to make it work if you, but that's the problem. Some, and especially mostly men. Okay. But sometimes women as well, they don't want to, they don't want to go to work out you know, the problem. They don't want to uh, grow. They don't want to learn something new. And if that's the situation, then you you got to take a, a, this decision that's going to serve you long term. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's going to be hard right now. And when I took the, when I decided to divorce uh, from my husband, it wasn't because I didn't love him. It wasn't because I didn't care about him. And I was scared shit. Like, uh, I was scared. I was in Australia, you know, I just got here I was three years before, so I didn't have a lot of friends. I just, the, the organization I work for, they just laid me off because um, they were doing a massive reorg and, you know, my position became um, uh, redundant. So, um, so three days before I decided to divorce, I lost my job. And then I found out, you know, um, that uh my my husband was cheating again and i was like i gotta get out of here because i felt like my mental health was being affected so i had no job i was in a foreign country with a young kid on a on a visa because of my husband and it was it was terrifying i mean i i had i used to have panic attacks you know and 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 because i just i felt so unsafe right there was no one i felt like what am i gonna do like how i'm gonna leave so, um, but I still took that decision because I felt that if I don't, I'm going to die, right? Because I mm. couldn't repeat that sort of continuous repeating pattern. So, so I took that decision and oh my God, am I grateful that I did. I mean, you don't see what's unfolding for you in the next years when you are okay. in that, but you got to stay open. You got to you know, evaluate for yourself, what's the most important thing to me? And for me at that time, my mental health, which I felt it was deteriorating, um, it was the most important. And I knew that I need to move away in order for me to take care of myself. So I took that decision. So if you are in a situation where you have tried everything you know, 
you have um, outsourced some knowledge, you know, for yourself, and you have clarity that this is not the right person for you, then be okay with just letting it go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they can go ahead on their own journey and you can go on your own journey and learn and do and take action to create that life and relationship that you want. So don't stay at the mercy of someone else. You know, sometimes we outgrow a person. Sometimes we, I mean, we marry, you know, when we are in our 20s sometimes, right? And then 10, 15 years later, we become someone different, like different, we have different values, different uh, things that are becoming important to us. Um, When I moved to Australia, you know, I wanted to, because we travel so much, I wanted to stay put, have barbecue, focus on having kids, connect with family members. My ex-husband wanted to pursue a career, to become famous, to make lots of money. So out of a sudden we wanted two different things so because of what was important to us we kept we kept doing different things and we kept clashing all the time so how could we didn't know how to make it work at the time i didn't have the knowledge and um i felt like i tried everything and therefore i you know quit in the end but i only tried everything that i knew at the time that was available for me in my environment at the time Okay, and I am really happy I took that decision because it's what led me to where I am now. If I didn't go through that divorce, if I didn't have that toxic relationship, if I didn't have that domestic violence situation, I would not have learned so many things about myself. I would have not healed things that were buried deep down. So I'm really grateful for everything that I've been through, you know. And every time now I'm going through a challenge, I'm reminding myself, Oh my God, I am growing. Yes. And, and that, growing. Is, yeah, that, that in itself, you know, gives, puts me in a resourceful state. Like, is this thing is not happening to me. I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I'm growing. I'm learning something new. Oh, this is stretching me. Mm-hmm. This is really- <laughs> wow. Christina, this has been a, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal conversation. So many comments. Mm-hmm. I have one more question before we end it out. Uh, Anya said here, how do you, how can you recognize a red flag? Sometimes you get justified as insecurities. That's a great question. So <clears throat> I have a thing with red flags. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a red flag is really nothing else except if this is something that I don't dig or I just dislike, right? And depending on, again, how important it is to me, is it a must, is it a should, or is it a non-negotiable? Then I take a decision based on that. So if somebody tells me, hey, um, I was in a domestic violence situation in the past, so let's just say I'm going on a date and this guy is telling me, you know, I had this thing with my ex, um, she plays an AVO, on me that would be very scary for most women but what, what's but an EVO? Uh, right that's in australia so like the restraining, restraining order okay, yes they call it in states is something different um so um so that would be a red flag for most women on a date right but what i'm interested to know is not where you've been but rather where you are now what have you done since then you know, like, have you, have you, uh, you know, have you learned something from it? Like, I'm paying attention to the language, to what this person is doing right now. Because where you've been, it's irrelevant, really, 
you know, if you are in a very different place right now. Like I, you know, uh, in 2017, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder by a psychiatrist, right? Wow. But if I tell that to someone mm. now, right, they, they could be like, oh, my God. But, like, I have done so much healing and so much work since then, you know, and I can see why I was diagnosed with that because, I, I you know, this was before I started my journey. And I can see why how i was displaying all the symptoms because i had all that anger fear of abandonment fear of intimacy fear of oh so much stuff that i had to deal with right so if they judge me for who i've been mm -hmm. that person that doesn't exist anymore like i mean that person took me to where i am now <laughs> but i'm a bit like you know that was 2017 what is it now like six years later i'm a completely different person you know <laughs> all medications since 2018 you know uh i have created you know so much um uh in my life since then um uh, my values have changed so it doesn't it's not relevant anymore so look at what's this person doing right now as you go on a date how are they interacting with you how are they are they reacting or you know, what are they doing? Who are they right in this moment? Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Christina, this has been such a phenomenal conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to have you back here on the show. There's so many other different places that we can go to. And we had so many different interactions and questions tonight. It's beautiful, beautiful. Where can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation with you uh, offline? So I am available on uh, Facebook. I also, um, I'm going to share say it, with say it, you. Say it, for the, say it for the audio podcast where they can get out. So facebook.com, christina.davy.1. That's correct. Yes. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's right. And um, on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn as well. So uh, if you just, if you just, um, um, if you just type in Christina Davy, you know, you're going to see their life coaches. It's, it's Christina with um, no H though. It's Christina with a C yeah. and no H yeah, because people are going to spell it wrong. So I want to make this yeah. easy for you. Yeah. C, yes, no H yeah. <laughs> and Davy with no E. It's D-A-V-Y. All right. Now you got it. Right, the American yeah, American people are always doing it with V I uh, E. That's correct. So, Christina C R I S T I N A uh, and David D A V Y. That's correct. There you go. Awesome, Christina. This has been tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Thank you for coming here. I know you're sick. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere because Scott and I just want to talk to you after the show, but don't go anywhere. We're going to end out the show. You can see that. And thank you again so much for being here. It's been an honor. Thank you for such a stimulating Thank conversation. You. I'm really grateful. And this this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. You, you got it. You got it. You're welcome back here anytime. I'm going to put you backstage and then we'll be right with you. There we have it, Scott. I want to I want to capture a couple of things. I mean, we've had so many beautiful people in here. Thank you, Michelle, for being here. Glenda for being here. Ron for being here. Robert for being here. Um, Jock for being here. Uh, Robert, I think I might, if I didn't say that. Um, by the way, just so you guys know, I'm being a little bit more persistent about this. If you guys dig our our video show here, please subscribe to the podcast. It's there in the comments. We would love and appreciate that. We want to grow our numbers because that way the algorithm can boost it and people more people can see it. You know, obviously this is impacting lives, so we would appreciate you guys doing that. Um, um, Jock had a couple of follow-up statements that I just wanted to uh, to capture here. Um, he said here, Scott, you do get stronger as you accept the journey, of course. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Jock also says here, often shame and guilt plays a role in grief and connection. Yeah. True. We can actually expand on that. It would be good to have them both on here. Um, yes, uh, Michelle had some great comments in here as well. I think there was one other one. 
Um, and I want to capture this. Ron said, so important, Scott. The inner work is the first step, I think. 100%. 1,000%. 1, 1,000%. 1, 1, 1, 1,001%. 1,001%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Michelle's listening here today and she goes, oh my God, Christina, my story is so similar. Yeah. Yeah, and I love what I love this part too. Um, sometimes people are just chapters in your life, and not the yeah. not the entire book. That's and to that we say always like you know people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. You know, and sometimes you just need that. Um, but Jockey said here, when our vibrations do not match anymore, relationships oh, end unless one can raise the vibration to be in harmony once more. And to that point, I mean, Scott, I've had I've had so many relationships in my life, and unfortunately, I've outgrown them because I've always been so keen on personal development, personal growth, yeah. and that that person wants to sit there and eat bonbons and watch all my children. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. But I've also gotten to the, to the point as well as like, you know, that's why I'm in the relationship I have now. Is like, there's so much freedom for us to be who we need to be without having to be tied to somebody. So, are you a general uh, hospital you. guy? Is that the problem? Yeah. Or is yeah. the bonbons? Uh, I don't care about the general hospital guy. I'm just um, saying it was either all my children or general hospital. I'm basically being an ass. So. Oh, <laughs> so I watched now. I watched all my children actually for a long I'm time. I'm just teasing you. Anyway. When I was young, I know Palmer Cortland and, and Nina and, and Tad, Todd, Tad, Todd. Tad. <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't know. I, was Tad, just I, don't know. Time. I watched it a bazillion years ago. It's because I was on nights and my wife was on days and she would watch it at lunchtime and I got sucked into watching it. Um, Andrea, thank you so much for being here as well. You were here. She says, this has been a great conversation. Robert says, thank you all. Uh, Michelle says, thank you so much. You are amazing. Um, final thoughts, Mr. Scott. It's an uh, amazing conversation. You asked some great questions. And um, and uh, Nelly says here, what a treasure trove of advice. Thank you, Christina. Oh, and actually Lee knows that it was Tad. Uh, okay, yeah, so there's some other dudes in here that know about all my children. That's funny. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> final thoughts, Mr. Scott. Final thoughts for me. Um, beautiful show. One thing I took note of is I caught the word early on values. And yeah. I think it's super important when we get into a relationship to do an early on double check of values and don't skimp on understanding this. So if the person says family is not important to me because I had a bad family, don't sit here and jump in and say, I'll fix that. If family is an issue because support matters to you and some of the underlying things when you ask the why questions, if they're not there, they're not going to show up. And I heard Christina say something that when things shifted in her life, her values did change. Okay, so if people's values change, mine have been pretty static. I'm pretty much the same person I was when I was five, different behaviors, but same values. So I think, and this is my two cents as a non-relationship um, coach, <laughs> um, but I think that check the values in, in depth and don't sit here and get overridden because of attraction or other things. Really make sure the values align. And I was just thinking, I want to do a double check, you know, maybe yearly or pick a time with my own wife, because sure. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking of where there's been friction in our relationship. And it's when maybe there's a value shift where I'm like, well, what, do, what does that matter? And she's like, it matters. So if it matters and I don't think it matters, I'm not listening enough and I'm not understanding enough. So mm. I would ask everybody here to do a double, triple check on values. Make sure, sure there's alignment. You can get through a lot when values are matching. True. Thank you, Christina. Beautiful, beautiful commentary. Yes, yes, yes. Ron says, thank you for a great show. Have a great night. Patricia's in the house. Patricia, if you dig this, go back and watch it. She says, just catching the last few minutes. It's been an awesome conversation. Thank you for joining us, Miss Patricia. Yeah, I mean, I would I would really go back to that, that, that central core thing. I mean, we talk about it so much on the show and in coaching, you know, the root, not the symptom of situations, guys. I mean, looking at the root situation, if you know you're unhappy with yourself and you're unhappy with your life or you're trying to go out there and find validation or significance or acceptance with somebody else, 
you know, how long is that going to work for you? Especially if you're still toxic inside, take those moments, especially if you're coming out of a relationship, take those moments to get to know yourself, become your own best friend, get to take yourself out on a date, go out there and do nice things. Like Scott was saying before, go out there and, or Christina was also saying before, go out there and do nice things for yourself. And above all else, we didn't, we didn't dive in deep on it, but the things that you say to yourself, the language that you use with yourself, would you talk to your kid like that? Would you talk to your, 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 the, the person you love the most in your life? Well, no, I wouldn't, but, but I'm different. No, 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 you're not different. You can't walk around calling yourself a piece of trash and that you always fail relationships and you never do this. If you get, if you keep doing that stuff, that cycle of insanity is going to eventually erupt into something. And why would you want to explore having what could be a beautiful relationship and go into it with, in a negative way? I mean, that just sounds ridiculous. So, I mean, make sure yourself is right. Go seek therapy. Scott and I just did a men's round table on Wednesday night. Um, you guys could find it on our, on our feeds. The, the, the opportunity for, for going to therapy and being honest with yourself, you know, do what you need to do to get right and then go out there. And then that way you can attract the right person at the right time and the right moment for the right reasons. And, uh, I encourage you strongly go connect with Christina. If you have any doubts, you know, go work with her. I and mean, that way she can walk you through this process because that's what I love about her. And that's what I love about us, Scott, is that we have been through the experiences that we coach through. Amen. We didn't go to some ICF coaching federation and no offense to that. We've been through the thick and thick of it. We're, we're we, and Scott and I have talked about this. We're kind of those weird guys that go, fuck, I, I know this is really fucked up, but I know on the other side of it, I'm going to be able to help so many more people. So yeah. when, you have, when you have that attitude of sitting there saying life is happening for me and what is it that I could potentially gain from this experience? Because when you go, when you look back on your life, when have you learned the most? When things were challenging, right? Not when things were easy. So when you look at that and you have an attitude of gratitude for the fact like, hey, I'm going through this. What can I get? What can I learn from this? And don't run away from it. Then you can have so many more beautiful experiences with the person that's supposed to be in your life. And uh, and don't settle. We, we talked about that for a second. Guys, do not settle. That is ridiculous. I see so many people do it. Well, he, for the most part, he's okay. For the most part, what? That sounds like an excuse. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't, don't belittle yourself. Don't, don't sit there and go for mediocrity. Don't think it's late in life that you're not going to find somebody. Well, I'll just take this person because he's got a heartbeat and a, and a wallet. That's ridiculous. So go connect with people get the experts in your life and uh we will be back here again next week let's see who do we got next week mr scott i think actually uh let's see oh we've got um la, 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 la. i just remembered his name and i forgot it next week we have jeff ash um i think jeff is somebody that you know but unfortunately you're going to be in tanzania with lions but there i do want to ask i do want to reiterate one thing chris said before we close out this show Guys, we bust our ass. And granted, it's only a couple hours a week. We want to make sure you have amazing content. You know, if you spend a few minutes on social media, if everybody listening to this spreads this far and wide, share this. It doesn't need to be before the show. You can take this right now, share this out, make sure people are seeing the, you know, the rewind, make sure people are going to and listening to the audio only version. It's so important if you spend time, you can literally click on you can go invite people to listen to this you can tag people on this and say you need to hear this show that matters to us more than anything we're not advertising we're not asking for money i mean literally a lot of the stuff we're saying here is in our coaching programs we want you to grow and we want this message to grow because that matters to us so help us help you we love you yes yes That's thank you thank you and thank I you if i get eaten by a lion and you didn't share this i'm gonna be pissed off <laughs> or a giraffe Nobody's ever go. been eaten by a giraffe. I can be the first guy ever eaten by a giraffe. So make sure you share this. Doesn't have anything to do with each other. I don't care. Just don't share. put that out into the universe. Uh, in today's news, a tall motherfucker from first uh, guy ever. Look at the, look was at uh, chewed up by a giraffe. He got eaten by a giraffe because he was wising off. Yeah. Awesome. If you're going to die, 
get eaten by a giraffe. I want, I want you to, I want you to talk, I want you to call in live from the, from Tanzania and be able to do it, but I'll I know you're going to be having fun. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, again, go to the unfiltered experience.com, www.theunfiltered experience.com. There we have the link to our audio podcast. We're asking you guys to help us get that boosted up there. Uh, well, I think we're in about nine countries right now, but we want to continue that expansion. So we need your help with that, but go there, connect with us in the Facebook community. We recently put a poll out there asking like, what do you want to see on here? What types of guests do you want to see or what types of conversations do you want to see on here? And guess what? Nobody really replies. Let us know what it is that you want to see. I know we, we bring a lot of value and a lot of variety in here. And we hope that, that that's filling your cup and filling your uh, relationship buckets and everything else. But we need your uh, feedback on that. And we just love and appreciate you so much. Like Scott said, please share this out. And we will see you back here next week on The Unfiltered Experience. We love you guys. Go be brilliant. Love you lots.